today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. He was so stressed that he perspired his own blood physically. Have you ever been that stressed? Where you perspired your own blood? Jesus was. He experienced all of that stress, all of those emotions. Yes, even discouragement. But he didn't give in to it. He overcame it. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Isaiah. The divinity and humanity of Jesus will probably always be difficult to understand. How is it possible that Jesus was fully God and fully man? Pastor J.D. will share today why it is important that Jesus struggled with the same things that are common to all of us and how it was that he overcame temptation. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Isaiah, chapter 49, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. We're going through the Bible book by book and chapter by chapter and verse by verse. And after a couple weeks, we're now going to resume our study through this amazing book of Isaiah. We finished off in chapter 48. We're only going to take one more chapter, a very interesting chapter here in God's Word. So looking forward to what the Lord has for us. Why don't we begin? The chapter before us tonight is, again, interesting for lack of a better word. It's a chapter that paints a, and this is almost an understatement, a powerful portrait of Jesus as the Prince of Peace and the Savior of the world. And in so doing, God, through the prophet Isaiah, reassures His people who need reassurance. Keep in mind, this is concerning the captivity in Babylon, where God's people have been taken captive by the Babylonians and are in desperate need of a Savior, of a Deliverer. And Jesus is their Savior. Jesus is their Deliverer. And in a sense, Jesus is going to introduce Himself to them through the prophet Isaiah in this chapter in the first person. So it's this reassurance for His people that no matter what, it might seem like it, but He will never forget them and He will be their strength for them. As we're about to see, this chapter is all about the person of Jesus Christ, vis-a-vis Isaiah's prophecy about the coming of Jesus Christ, and are actually the very words of Jesus Christ. Now I need to preface tonight's Bible study before we jump in, and just sort of forewarn you 
that there's going to be a couple places right out of the chute actually where it's going to be a little bit gnarly. Hope you don't mind my use of that word. I kind of like that word. I know that's so 80s, but whatever. And by gnarly I mean kind of difficult to really grasp and even uncomfortable. And I'll even take it a step further and suggest that it's going to challenge us in a good way concerning Jesus and who He was and how He was. I think you would agree that we all have these preconceived notions of how Jesus was when He was here on earth and during His public ministry. But we're going to see a side to Him tonight that might be new for some, might be a little bit uncomfortable, might challenge some long-held beliefs about the person of Jesus Christ and who He was. So I hope you'll bear with me. I'll do my best. I've been praying all day today in preparation for tonight's teaching, because I know that the chapter before us tonight is one that requires, it warrants such prayer. Because as we're going to see, starting in verse 1, this is Jesus speaking through the prophet Isaiah. This is Jesus Himself speaking. And I'm hoping you'll see why here in a moment. So verse 1, you ready? How was that for an introduction? Okay. Listen, O coastlands, to me, and take heed, you peoples from afar. The Lord has called me from the womb, from the matrix of my mother. He has made mention of my name. And notice, by the way, that my is capitalized. And he, verse 2, has made my mouth like a sharp sword in the shadow of his hand. He has hidden me and made me a polished shaft in his quiver. He has hidden me. Some believe this may speak to what some refer to as the hidden years of Christ from childhood to the time at age 30 that he began his public ministry. Very well could be, but just in these first two verses, we have a profound pre-Bethlehem prophecy from the Savior Himself concerning His virgin birth and His public ministry. Right out of the chute. My mother's womb, that's the virgin birth. The Lord has formed me, the Lord has called me from the womb. The Savior of the world would be born of a virgin, and what a great time of the year to even be talking about this. We celebrate the birth of the Savior. And this is the Savior Himself referring to the prophecy of His own virgin birth as the Savior of the world, being called in the womb. And verse 3, He, this is God the Father, said to me, God the Son, You are my servant, O Israel. 
Wait, that's not Jesus, that's Israel. Hang on. In whom I will be glorified. Then I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and in vain. Yet surely my just reward is with the Lord and my work with my God. Okay, we need to... (laughs) We need to work through this, so roll up your arm sleeves, so to speak, and let's get to it. This is Jesus, again speaking of Himself, referring to Himself as Israel. Why? Because Israel, the name is the nature, means governed by God. And Jesus was truly governed by God. However, and this is where it gets a little bit, I don't want to use the word gnarly again, but I just did. (laughs) It gets a little bit tough and uncomfortable and even difficult, dare I say, because not only was Jesus truly governed by God, Israel, so too was he tempted by Satan. Now stay with me. When he says in verse 4, I have labored in vain, what do you mean? I have spent my strength for nothing and in vain? That's Jesus talking? Yeah. But he says, yet surely my just reward is with the Lord and my work with my God. In other words, Jesus is saying, yeah, I'm governed by God, called by God, but I was also tempted by Satan, but I overcame. Now this is important on several fronts, chief of which is that Jesus was tempted in every way, but never sinned meaning that it is not a sin to be tempted. James says that it is sin when we give in to that temptation, and it gives birth to sin. Could you imagine if it was a sin just to be tempted? That's blasphemous, because Jesus was tempted, but He overcame. It's not a sin to be tempted. Now, Why would the Savior of the world refer to Himself and say of Himself that He labored in vain, and He spent His strength for nothing? Because, now this is where it might challenge your conventionally held beliefs about who Jesus was. He was fully man, and He was fully God. And if he was tempted in every way as we are, and he was, yet remained sinless, then that means he struggled with the things that we struggle with. He would get tired, like we get tired. Jesus slept. Jesus wept. We know this from the Gospels. There's that one account. It's actually my favorite account. When Jesus is sleeping, He's so tired, he's sleeping in the boat in a storm. 
And the disciples have to wake him up, and they're angry at him. They're like, don't you care? We're going to die. And Jesus is like, why did you wake me up? I need to sleep. And he says, peace be still. And he quiets the storm and says, can I go back to sleep now? Don't wake me up. There were times, you know, in the Gospels, and this is, uh, again, uncomfortable. Here's the multitudes. I mean, clamoring just to get a glimpse of the Savior, many of whom needed His healing touch. And yet Jesus would walk away and get alone to be with the Father, leaving all of those needs unmet. That jams some gears, doesn't it? Wait a minute. Why? Because He had to get away. He's fully man. He's fully God. There were many times in His public ministry where, yeah, I know those are needs, but the greater need is for me to go to the Father. We're going to talk about that here in a moment in the next verse, verse 5. One more thing on this before we do, though. I want you to think this through with me. You know when Jesus was tempted by Satan? He's in the wilderness. He's fasting 40 days and 40 nights. And very interesting, the details in that account. Satan waited for the optimum time when he was so tired, so hungry, on the brink of literally, this is not hyperbole, on the brink of literally starving to death. And that's when Satan comes and tempts him, knowing that, saying, hey, if you're truly the Son of God, you can turn that stone into bread and eat. And he's tempted. Jesus was so tempted. But do you know that he overcame not in his divinity, but in his humanity? And do you know why? I mean, could you imagine if he overcame the temptation of Satan because he's God? What hope would that give us? No, he overcame Satan and the temptation in his humanity. And Luke's gospel tells us how. It has this detail, it is so key, it is so crucial, that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. That's how. In other words, Jesus defeated the enemy and stood to the temptation and did not sin by the power of the Holy Spirit, and so can we. I want to take it one step further, and I just, again, bear with me, please. But have you ever thought of Jesus this way? That there were times where He was discouraged and distressed. No. How dare you, pastor, you're talking about, that's talking about blasphemy. You're talking about the Savior of the world. You're telling me that He was discouraged and distressed? Yeah. Well, where's that in the Bible? I'm so glad you asked. Why don't you go with me to the Garden of Gethsemane? Remember that? He was so stressed that he perspired his own blood physically. Have you ever been that stressed? Where you perspired your own blood? Jesus was. 
He experienced all of that stress, all of those emotions, yes, even discouragement. But he didn't give in to it. He overcame it. How? Nevertheless, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. My will is that this cup would pass from me. If there's another way, but not my will, but thy will be done. That's raw, isn't it? And rightfully so, and it needs to be. This is Jesus in His humanity, taking upon Himself the sins of mankind, and the amount of stress, and the discouragement, and the sheer exhaustion. Does that make you feel insecure to know that the Savior was so exhausted that He could sleep through a storm? That's tired. How many times did He just need to get away and get alone with the Father? Well, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Let's get to verse 5. It gets better, so don't leave yet. Okay, verse verse (laughs) 5. And now the Lord says, who formed me from the womb to be His servant, to bring Jacob back to him, speaking of Israel, so that Israel is gathered to him, for I shall be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. Okay, here we go again. My God will be my strength. Does that make you a little bit uncomfortable to know that there were times when the Savior of the world in His humanity was weak and needed to be strengthened? I want to ask you a question. Where did Jesus go to get His strength during His earthly ministry? You know the answer. He went to the Father. But that means that he would have to need that strength to begin with in the first place. Are you starting to see something here? This is who Jesus was. This might be a foreign Jesus to you. You know what's sad to me is that the Jesus of today is, I don't know how else to say it, but he's kind of been, uh, we've kind of cleaned it up a little bit. We don't like to talk about the garden when he was arrested and perspired his own blood. We really don't like to talk about the temptation in the wilderness after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. You know, the, the very first Bible verse many memorize is, Jesus wept, because it's easy. So you can, my Bible memorization verse, Jesus wept. Okay, we laugh, ha ha. Think about that. He cried. Does that make you feel uncomfortable? The Savior of the world cried. Big boys don't cry. That's how we were brought up. Man, as a kid, My dad, oh, if he saw me crying, 
well, never mind, I've, enough of my childhood problems, but it, it was, whew, he was old school. Where I come from, ball, men don't cry, real men don't cry. Well, I got news for you, pops. <laughs> real men do cry because the God-man cried. Jesus wept. He wept over Jerusalem. I mean, I, you know, and, and sometimes when we read it in our Bibles, we miss it because it's just words on the page. Put yourself there. He is heartbroken. And he just breaks down and weeps over Jerusalem. Oh, I wish I could. I wish I could just gather you as a mother hen. <laughs> just he, he wept over them. How about Lazarus? Remember that account? Man, I mean Mary and Martha, these two sisters. They're not too happy with Jesus. Even Mary. I mean, we could get Martha, you know, because the whole kitchen, when they had him over for dinner, remember that one? When Martha's really mad, tells Jesus, you tell my sister to get in there and help me. We got work to do. She's just sitting there at your feet, hanging on every word. Hmm. That's a, that might be their Christmas sermon. I don't know. Because I think too many of us have a Martha Christmas and not a Merry Christmas because we're so busy. I'm going to leave that one right there between you and the Holy Spirit. So you got these two, this is our brother we're talking about. Well, keep in mind that Lazarus and Jesus were close friends. And they're not too happy with him when he finally shows up. Oh, nice for you to drop by. Four days later, where were you? If you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. Now, Jesus has got to deal with this first. <laughs> well, obviously, you're taking issue with me. I get it. Never imagine Jesus being harsh with disdain and disgust in his responses. No, it was one of compassion. And you just, if you only knew, if you only knew what I was going to do, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe that? Yeah, but if you'd have been here three days ago, what, what, why, would, why didn't you come? Don't you care? And then, of course, I love that in the King James. It's been four days, and he stinketh. <laughs> this is before, you know, embalming and all the modern day ways we take care of the bodies. But he just shouts at his word. Lazarus, come forth, and he does. Oh, I would have loved to have been a fly on a camel there to see that and the expression on their faces. But we're also told that Jesus showed visible emotion. He was deeply upset. And it wasn't because Lazarus died. He was going to raise him from the dead. It wasn't that. What grieved his heart so? What upset him so? It was their unbelief. 
You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from Isaiah with Pastor J.D., make sure to really think about what you're hearing and what God wants to speak to you today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly to grow in relationship with God and others. And if you're in or near the Kaneohe area, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Isaiah together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com or come find us on social media. There's a link to our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook pages on our website. We encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and In Spirit and Truth. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for listening to In Spirit and Truth. Keeping me right with the old wind.